Hey everyone, it's the end of the month and Happy New Year's and for New Year's with People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos and Black Clock Audio Tales, we are going to have David Heath from uh, Dave's Underground Goat Shenanigans, you may have heard their Christmas special, and from Dave's Corner of the Universe, um, which is part of this podcast, PGTTCM, we are having... Dave's corner of the podcast, and Dave's going to be talking about his experience with Jack London and stuff like that. And this is, I uh, at one point in time, I gave him a list of things that I was probably going to talk about. I ended up not talking about, uh, goodness, what was it? White Fang? No, uh, Call of the Wild? Oh, I can't remember which one it was. Anyway, uh, and so if Dave starts talking about something, you're like, we didn't cover that this month. It's... Well, you know, sorry, Mia Culpa, and maybe next uh, loop around we'll 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 cover everything, or uh, we'll cover more, and we'll get some Ken Height this month. I was so busy uh, getting everything ready for various things this holiday. It was super duper busy this year, and I totally forgot to contact Ken Height. But I'm going to be talking to hopefully Ken Height and maybe some Adam Scott Glancy, maybe some Cody Goodfellow next month about uh gonna try and talk about uh ligor and also the chocho it's that's a double fingers crossed double super wish kind of like not 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 fingers behind the back but fingers up in the air like woo if we can get our stuff together pack it up and make sure it's anyway so let's go with david heath talking about jack london and the end of the world as we know it. But we feel fine. Brought to you by Found Item Clothing and BunnySlippers.com. Keep your feet warm this winter. Look cool this summer with BunnySlippers.com. You want cool bunny slippers? You want dino sound slippers? You want USB cool warm-em-up slippers? BunnySlippers.com. FoundItemClothing.com. Cool retro t-shirts from your favorite movie. You want to look like Booger from the Rangers and Nerds? I'm wearing my uh, Greasy Tony shirt right now. Seriously, I wear this shirt so much, people think I'm cosplaying as Booger. Which I am. Alright. Jack London, end of the world. My name is David Heath, and uh, I write for a blog called Dave's Corner of the Universe. I have to admit... When I think of Jack London, the first thing I think about is that Star Trek episode where Data travels in time and it turns out that the bellhop at the end was actually a young Jack London. I'm not a huge Jack London fan, but then again, I'm not one of his detractors either. My main experience or exposure to Jack London took place literally 40 years ago, or over 40 years ago, when my fourth grade teacher, Miss Potter, read The White Fang to us. Now, I'm trying to remember an event that happened 40 years ago. And obviously it left some impression that it's still in my memory. But my memory may not be as accurate as I thought it was when I woke up this morning and before I started doing a little double checking on the White Fang. So in the fourth grade, our teacher would read to us 
every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Probably, I think, after lunch, which was probably a good time for her to read, have us read or read to us. And I remember only two books, and she must have read a dozen or so books to us, but the only two I remember her reading were Charlotte's Web and The White Fang. And I really don't think it was the full, unabridged White Fang. I think it was a smaller, maybe even simplified words for students and I don't think that it had all of the gratuitous nature violence that is in the, the actual story. But it probably is this violence that makes me remember this and forgotten all the other stories. And, and I remember I, the part about hunting caribou and about how the pack animals went for, you know, the, the Achilles tendon uh, of the caribou. And I mean, that and the pictures that flashed in my mind when I saw this, I mean, that lasted in my mind for decades. I still remember, remember seeing the, for the first time maybe even, just how raw and cruel evolution and nature is. And now that I live in the Pacific Northwest and I live in a farm, I see, you know, what animals have to undergo to survive. And I, that was my first experience that, you know, Nature was not this, you know, Benji gets lost in the woods, not the singing birds of, you know, uh, Disney princess movies. No, it was a very deadly life. Something had to die for something to live in nature. That's, that's just the way it is. And the fact that these animals developed a science and in this pack mentality, sort of shared this experience that they knew how to take down this larger prey animal. It stuck with me all of these decades. Now, I don't want you to think that uh, Miss Potter was in any way uh, a bad teacher. And this was definitely, I think, a watered-down version. So even though it stuck with me in my memory... It's not like I was traumatized. It's not like she made us watch Alien or Saw or something. So she didn't read Stephen King to us uh, in story time. But that point, and I think that was one of the points that London wanted to make, just how harsh nature is in its true raw form, is something that I carried through the story. Okay, so uh, my name's David Heath, and... Uh, Thank you for letting me talk about uh, Jack London and White Fang, because that's basically all I know about uh, the book. And, uh, you know, I'll see you next time. What? You want me to talk more? Longer? I guess I could. Okay. 
let's talk about some things about Jack London that you don't think about when you're talking about Jack London. So our impression of Jack London is that he is this adventurer who went out and he lived, you know, in the Alaska and Canada, and he experienced these things, and he wrote about them. And that's true. But there's another side about Jack London that maybe he didn't know. One was, the dude was a big-time socialist. I mean, a socialist so socialist that he makes Bernie Sanders look like Mike Pence. He would often end his letters, yours for the revolution. I mean, this guy really did not like what capitalism was doing to America. And you got to who's to blame him? This was the heart of the Depression. You know, the, America's way out of the Depression. You know, we do get World War II, which puts us on a war footing that gets us out of the Depression more than anything else. But before that, the idea to get out of the Depression is the New Deal. So, of course, he's going to be excited about the New Deal. He's going to be excited about socialist movement. He's not going to get his socialist leaning or ideas from Marx or Trotsky. No, he's going to become a socialist because he is living with poor people. He's traveling the country and he sees what he thinks is capitalism hurting the middle class. So he creates the first of what we would call dystopian novel, and that's The Iron Heel. In this story, basically the oligarchy, the business class, the robber barons of his time, basically throughout the world unite and basically the collapse of the United States Republic and they set up this oligarchy to run the poor and it's told from the point of view of a, a woman who grew up in this privileged uh, society in this sort of manufactured perfect city called Asgard and how she grows to turn to rebellion and it's her notes and her notes are com basically commented on by a historian in the 27th century. So we see some of this in today's dystopian fiction. We see the passing of notes from one revolutionary to another in V for Vendetta. We see historians noting on comments of the person during that time in The Handmaid's Tale. So this is a very influential piece of dystopian science fiction because for no other reason, it's the first. So Jack London, who is known, and, and rightfully so, because it's obviously you know his best stuff, as this wildlife adventure writer 
is also a proto-science fiction writer. To the point that at least one of his stories features extraterrestrials in contact with an island tribe. He has a story where, you know, mad scientists create invisibility. Uh, in another story, he talks about biological weapons before they became a thing like they are now, where they were still science fiction, as well as energy weapons. His most famous science fiction book will be The Scarlet Plague, uh, which is going to be much like the modern stories, Outbreak, or The Stand, minus the supernatural components, in which the world is devastated by this plague that before the body dies, it turns them very red, so that's why it's called the Scarlet Plague. And it's told from the point of view of a man named Smith, who is the last person to have lived pre-plague, as he's sort of telling his experience before the plague and after the plague, where his community is killed out by this plague, and or other causes, and then he finally meets up with a sort of a tribal, a, a pre-agrarian hunter-gatherer uh, civilization in, outside of San Francisco. Uh, and again, you're going to see this in a lot of later doomsday stories and novels. Uh, everything from you know, Damnation Alley to the Survivor series. Things are going to change. It'll be nuclear war, or uh, you know, even I see it in books like uh, Children of Men. All owe something to Jack London for creating the dystopia end of the world novel. Uh, my name is David Heath, and thank you for listening about how wolves kill caribou. Jack London, socialism, science fiction, and the end of the world with me. Holy crap, Dave. Thank you for bringing the Jack London this uh, this week. And uh, everyone, thank you. Happy New Year. And tell your friends and family about People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos uh, Black Clock Audio Tales. Why read a book? Listen to people read for you. I mean... You know, I, I listen to it all on, on the bus, so or on the train, actually, to be more honest. Anyway, but yeah, um, brought to you by BunnySlippers.com, FanAutumClothing.com. Listen to Monster Kid Radio, not actually a sponsor, but more of a cohort in Portland. So, you know, Monster Kid Radio. And, of course, Dave's Corner of the Universe. Google that stuff. There should be a link in the show notes if you want to find out what's going on with that. And there's also uh, Zach Ferguson, writer, uh, articulate, warbling, People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. And you can find this all at pgttcm.com. And, well, not Dave's Corner of the Universe. That's a separate website, but I'm sure there's a link somewhere. If not, let me know, and I'll fix it eventually. All right. And if you want to help support the show and maybe get things a little less broken, you can always send something to paypal.me slash pgttcm.com or pgt. 
TTC. I'm not .com. But anyways, or go to the uh, PayPal. Bleh, bleh, uh, go to the Podbean uh, page, and there's generally some sort of like donate button thing there, and you can hit that and do something. But of course, what I super like is reviews and also stars, ratings, whatever, wherever you listen. Let, let, let people know you like us. All right. Thank you so much, and happy holidays, everyone, and happy new year, 2020. Here we are. Ta-da. We're all still here, except for those who aren't. And I guess pour out something um, in remembrance, and also high fives for everyone who's there. Be cool.